0: Welcome to the Charleston Church Podcast. This is the Unstoppable Power devotional series. We're studying the Book of Acts as we prepare our hearts for Revival Nights with Tony Suarez, which is going to take place September 9th through the 11th right here at Charleston Church. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Day 6. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Day 6 of our Unstoppable Power reading plan throughout the Book of Acts it has been great. Thank you, thank you for coming back and joining us today. It's gonna to be a good day today because we're reading and going through Acts chapter 9, which is one of the most incredible and important chapters in the entire Bible. Now, I know what you're thinking. They're all important, and I agree. I agree. But this is an important chapter for the actual formation of the whole New Testament, so this is a big deal. And everything about chapter 9 is impossible. impossible. So my focus today on this reading plan is going to be on when the impossible becomes possible because that's what God does. We're so excited. We're going to get into it in just a second, but I do want to thank you. Go ahead and tell someone about this. You can share uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can um, maybe share the uh, Facebook link or YouTube link or tell someone about our app and they can watch it on there as well if they would like it's it's right there on the, the front page of the app uh, we're excited about what's coming at the end of these readings we are obviously this is chapter nine there's 28 chapters and uh, just a just a, you know, a week or so left week a couple left gonna be a great time on september 9th 10th and 11th we are having some revival nights with tony suarez right here at church Friday and Saturday will be 7 p.m. Sunday will be 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Going to be very, very powerful nights. You won't want to miss. We're going to have powerful, awesome worship. And then uh, Evangelist Suarez is going to come and preach preach the message. It's just going to stir our faith. And we want to see people get saved. So we're excited for what's coming after this. So without further ado, let's get into Acts chapter 9. To get into Acts chapter 9, I want to show you why Acts chapter 9 was impossible, all right? Because we deal with a lot of impossible things. We deal with a lot of impossibilities as people. And sometimes we use that word a lot. Oh, that's impossible. That could never happen. I could never do that. Never, 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 never. Well, we don't ever want to say that because God may call you to do the nevers of your life. And when it's impossible, sometimes we feel like it's just our imagination. We feel like God really didn't say that to us. We said it to ourselves or we're looking at somebody else. We want to be like them. And all these excuses come up, not because God didn't speak to us, but because it looks impossible and it frightens us. One of the most impossible things that ever happened in the Bible happened between Acts chapter 7, no, Acts chapter 8, in Acts chapter nine. And it spanned a little bit of time, not a lot of time, but a little bit of time. And it shaped everything that we know about Christianity today. Everything we know happened because of this impossible thing. So I wanna tell you something. Before we get started, what you're facing may seem impossible. Your child may not know Jesus and it's impossible for them to come to know. They hate everything about church. Don't, don't quit because the impossible can become possible with Jesus. You have a debt that you can't get out of. It's impossible. There's no way. Don't quit. Begin to sow into God's kingdom and you will reap the impossible. It's incredible. You know, you have a disease that no one can cure. My God has what it takes to heal your body right now. Right now. That's the impossible work of Jesus Christ. So let me kind of, get into, into into this impossibility. A couple days ago, Pastor Ward talked about persecution and Stephen was the very first martyr of the Christian faith that's on record. I don't know if anybody was before him, but that we have record of Stephen. He was chosen as one of the seven, I believe, who was going to take care of the ministry of the people, the widows and orphans and the people of the church. But he was full of God. He was full of the Spirit and did signs and wonders and the Jewish leaders, the rabbis, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees did not like that very much at all. Mind you, G- Stephen was a Jewish person too. He just loved God, loved Jesus, and they loved God but didn't love Jesus. So Stephen gave a sermon that pointed out all throughout history how the people of Israel rejected God's plan, and they rejected God's plan ultimately with Jesus. They got really, really mad. And the Bible tells us in chapter in chapter seven, that they stoned Stephen. They brought him outside of the city and they stoned him with these big rocks. They threw the rocks at him until he died. And the Bible said he looked up and saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he said, don't let this be held against their account. They know not what they do. And then he went to sleep and died. And he got a crown of persecution crown in heaven to lay at the feet of Jesus. Powerful story about Stephen. The important thing to realize here is, um, is this. The Bible says in chapter seven, verse 58 of Book of Acts, and they cast Stephen out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Fast forward a couple verses to eight, one to chapter eight, verse one. It says, now Saul, same guy, was consenting to Stephen's death At that time, a great persecution rose against the church, which was great in Jerusalem. And they all scattered through the region of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So an incredible scattering took place, predominantly leadership-like from this man named Saul. Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees, we know that from the Bible. We know that he stuttered under Gamaliel, who was one of the most wise Pharisees there was. So he was zealous for the law of God. And when he saw Stephen, he got angry and bitter towards the people of Christianity because they, he, in his mind, they're pulling people away from the true God, the law. And so he was consenting to persecution. And in chapter nine, it starts off by saying this Then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked if letters from him, this is verse uh, one of chapter nine, uh, letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so he found if any were living of the way, which is Christian faith, whether man or woman, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. It also talked about earlier that he would go house to house and pull people out of their house and throw them in jail. He was an active Christian hunter and threw them in prison And at worst, murdered them. This is Saul. This is the impossibility they were facing. They had a man who had so much knowledge, understanding, and zeal who was actively hunting them down. And I'll tell you what, church, and those who are listening on this podcast, he would not be the only one hunting them down, but he was an important one hunting them down. And so the entire time he was trying to find other ways to bring people to prison and to just squash this revival that was going on all because of this person, Jesus of Nazareth. That's the impossible. When you, if, it's, it's hard for us sometimes right now in 2022 to read the Bible and really get like a, a and physically feel the, the stress that would have caused the people of faith. Because people of faith did have stress, and we do have stress. How we deal with our stress is how we get over it. How we deal with the impossibilities is how we get over and get through it. But it's hard for us to really do that because we know what happens next. But let's pretend we don't know what happens next. And we are in first century, the first century world. We just saw Jesus get ascended. We just saw our friend Stephen get martyred. And we saw the guy who was who was holding the coats for everybody to make sure no one stole them so they could get good wind-ups with their arm with a smug, uh, a, a, a smug smile on his face, excited to see death and torment on people who love Jesus. And you love Jesus. Not only is it impossible that this man would ever change, but it's impossible that we would ever survive this. Not only do we have the Romans who hate us, but we have the, the Jews that hate us. And we're this third culture in this town trying to figure out how to, how to spread this gospel without getting m- martyred and killed. Impossible, impossible, right? So when we put ourselves in that, we can see that what happened next is truly one of the greatest miracles to ever happen in the history of the world. And I want to tell you something. God did these miracles once. God turned the impossible to possible many times. But in this situation, it was huge. He can do it again. I want to encourage you that whatever impossible situation you're facing today God can turn it around and pour into you such faith, such hope that you'll be able to get up tomorrow with different, you'll be able to get up tomorrow take a shower open that Bible read, pray, have breakfast smile on your face, go to work and be better than you were before go to school and be better than you were before go to the hospital be better than you were before Wherever you have to go, whatever impossible thing is leading you, wherever you go, you can be better than you were before because God takes the impossible and not only makes them possible, but makes them happen. Don't lose faith that your children will never come to know Christ, will never change, will never become saved. God takes the impossible and makes it happen. We just need to be faithful. What happened with Paul, with Saul? There's a lot in here. I could read the entire the entire verse, the entire chapter, but there's 43, <laughs> there's 43 in there. And there's a lot of things that happen. But the story goes that Paul, verse three, as he journeyed, came near to Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You see, Jesus appeared to Saul and said, why are you persecuting me? He wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting his followers, but Jesus felt it. Why are you persecuting me? And then Saul was saying, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goats? So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Of course, the story goes that when the light left them and the revelation left them, the people he traveled with were bewildered. They had no idea what happened. They saw the light but heard no voice. But Paul was blind for three days never ate, never drank for three days. Saul encountered something that shifted everything. The impossible man who made a living and made it his life goal to squash this revival encountered Jesus once and it changed everything. It changed everything. So what can I say to you about the impossible becoming impossible? It's not gonna happen because of goodwill. It's not gonna happen because of goodwill. You want something to happen. You want things to change and you have good vibes and you, thoughts and all that stuff. It's not gonna happen because of goodwill. How does the impossible become possible? Through the encounter with the Holy Spirit. You encounter Jesus. You encounter the Holy Spirit that's when things begin to shift. See, a lot of times, we just want things to happen. It's not possible. So we give up and we just allow that stuff to happen. And so instead of actively pursuing God, we actively put him on the shelf and just say, you know what, this is who I am. This is where where I'm going. It is what it is. There's that fun saying again, I'm just gonna live this way. And we can complain and be upset and be disappointed about all those things, but yet we still want things to change, but we're not actively pursuing it. If you want the impossible to become possible, become had to happen, do not neglect that encounter with God. The encounter with God shook Saul to his core. And then he was told to go into the city and meet a man named Ananias, And when he met Ananias, Ananias laid his hands on him, called him Brother Saul. His scales came off his eyes and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he went off and already began to do ministry right away. Why is that story so important to him but to us and to the Bible? Well, because Paul the Apostle, who's also called Saul, he called himself Paul because that was his Greek name. He wrote... (laughs) Let's see if I can get it right. Romans, first and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon. And some believe he wrote Hebrews, but we don't know. but he wrote all of those books which make up a big, large portion of the New Testament that we read every day. So the impossible thing became possible because of an encounter, which turned into an even more impossible thing the word of God for us today. Church, folks, man, lady, gentlemen, son, daughter, whoever, whoever you are today, listening to this podcast, you're facing impossible things every day. We live in 2022. There's a lot of weird things that go on. There's a lot of frustrations. There's a lot of fear. But you know what? There's a lot of things that are trying to pull you away from the place where impossibility becomes real. There's a lot of distractions that try to pull us away from church, from reading the word, from praying, from fasting, from praying in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And though we're good people, sometimes we allow those distractions to pull us away from the things of God that make the impossible happen and we've lived a life without, with no possibilities. I'm here to tell you today that we step in to the flow of the Holy Spirit and let God encounter us every Sunday, every Wednesday, every morning, every night, you will begin to see impossible things take place at an alarming and fast rate. Don't give up praying for your children. Don't give up sowing and in, sowing into the kingdom. Don't give up believing and praying and fasting and worshiping and getting into the word for what's next for your family. Because when you continue getting into Jesus, he will get into you, And the impossible will not just become possible, but will become reality. And we'll hear testimonies of children coming home, of diseases coming out of bodies, of promotions, of financial uh, despair becoming financial blessing. That's what we'll see when we allow the, the impossible God to do the impossible things in our real lives. Amen. Lord, I'm thankful for the word today. I'm thankful for what you're doing in the lives of your people. That God, there's so many impossible stories out there. If we, if we set out a post and asked for them, we'd get a lot. And Father, it could be depressing except the fact that we serve the God of the impossible. You took a murderer who made his life goal to destroying the work of Jesus and turned him into the greatest evangelist, missionary, church planter, and Bible writer we've ever seen. That's the power of the impossible God. I pray that impossible spirit, that impossible understanding will get into the hearts of men and women today, and they'll realize that the God they serve is bigger than their impossible moments. So God, I pray for fresh encounters, for fresh uh, revelation. I pray for fresh a substance to get into the spirit of these people and that they'll get up every day realizing today is the day for the encounter. Today is the day for the impossible. Thank you, God, that we can trust you, we can lean on you, and by faith, things begin to move. And we give you glory in Jesus' name, amen. I really feel the Lord in there. I really feel the Lord helping somebody here today. I really do. I feel that this is a good message for somebody who's ready to give up who's ready to throw in the towel, who's ready to close their Bible for the last time and never open it again. I'm here to tell you, that is not the path to your breakthrough. The path to your breakthrough is to keep that Bible open, to keep that word in your spirit, to keep that worship lively, to keep that prayer passionate, to listen to the message, to let the word get into you and take steps of faith and watch God turn your steps of faith into impossible miracles. That's what God wants to do in your life blessings to you all. We're excited about the impossible things God's gonna turn into reality on September 9th, 10th, and 11th with Tony Suarez at our Revival Nights. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I'll say one more time just for fun. Don't miss it. Bring someone with you and let them experience what God is doing here and in them. So grateful that you joined us today. Go ahead and share these broadcasts on all your social media platforms and uh, through your podcast, uh, uh, Spotify and uh, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to to hearing uh, Pastor Anthony Nealon tomorrow on day seven. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Power devotional series. Keep tuning in daily for the next podcast. We'll see you here at Charleston Church for Revival Nights with Tony Suarez, September 9th through the 11th.